Welcome into another edition of the Sports Plus Podcast. We have a very special guest this week. Renny Knott is in the house. Oh, me. I thought you brought somebody else on. Thanks, thanks for letting <laughs> me know. I was like, I wasn't prepared to meet somebody else. I'm Corey Miller. We're here with Renny Knott Sports on Twitter. Yes. But how come you've never changed that? Because I'm known as Renny Knott Sports. Renny Knott Sports. And people still ask me about sports, and I kind of like it. Then yeah. I thought, if I changed my Twitter name, I would lose people. Yeah. I don't want to follow a news guy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad line of thinking. So, I told you this was going to be my first question. We talked about mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. The big news in the newsroom Huge. this week. Huge. Huge. I'm not even exaggerating here. This is big news. <laughs> Rennie is on Instagram, and it is all anybody can talk about. <laughs> so, who who told you to get on Instagram? How did that well, happen? The entire morning crew, because I'm the only one that wasn't on it. you got to get on Instagram. you got to get on Instagram. So, I said, okay, I'll do it so they'll stop bothering me. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, I don't know what to do on Instagram. And they go, oh, just put pictures on there. So I just got a uh, text from my daughter who said that rule 101 of Instagram, only one picture a day. Everything else goes <laughs> on your story. I go, oh, now they tell me this. <laughs> so well, I think I put like three pictures on there today. I said, well, no, looks like I won't be doing this for You'll a while. You'll figure it out. <laughs> it is the Instagram's like the trendy one right now in terms of social media. So. Okay. That's the one everybody's on. I'm hip, man. You are I'm hip. hip. I'm You're in, very I'm hip. I'm in school now. <laughs> All right, let's get to some sports stuff, because I guess this is the Sports Plus podcast. Okay. Um, overall, let's start with this. How much do you still get to watch like Cardinal games and stuff since you're in the mornings? I don't, and that's really tough. So a lot of the times I'm living through highlights the next day, your ESPN updates and things like that, or the games on the weekends or the games in the afternoon. So... You're able to keep track of what's happening. Of course, social media is always on top of things, too. And I love the social media scuttlebutt because one minute, it's the greatest team of all time. Everybody's going to the Hall of Fame. The next minute, get rid of everybody. Uh, they need the well, goal. That's, fire that's this, this minute. Oh, that's this yeah. minute right yeah. now. That's what but it's people, like. People have to realize it's all a roller coaster, okay? Yeah. And very few teams can go wire to wire on top of their division, on top of their uh, league as well. I mean, you just harken back to the Blues. Yep. In January, we're all saying this, get rid of this Now, Stanley Cup champions. Now, can the Cardinals turn it around and, and make a, a run like that? It's possible, yeah. because it's also possible that somebody else can die for a while, too. Well, they've been pretty fortunate. The Central Division's been pretty bad overall, yeah. or well, yeah. bad, worse than it usually is, and the Cardinals are only a couple games out, right. although it feels like they should be a bunch of games out. And well, Schilt even got a little mad yesterday <laughs> talking about all the like outside pressure right. acting like they're not doing very well. Well, but that was that comes with the territory. When you're the manager, you've got to answer the questions. And what you also have to realize, too, is that you're the leader. So if you show an edge and show a panic or something, your player's going to pick up on that. you got to be cool, calm, and collected like, we got this. Don't worry about it. We've got this. Um, I will say this about the Cardinals in their history and the division. That division is either really good or mediocre. Yeah. Okay? That's just the way they run. And it seems like when it's really good, the Cardinals are really good. When it's mediocre, the Cardinals are mediocre. It's almost as if you just got to be good enough yeah. to stay in the race long enough to be a contender 2006, won 83 games, won the, ce- or won the Central, mm-hmm. and won the World mm-hmm. Series. So that's, I guess, just how it is sometimes. When you do get to watch, who's your favorite guy to watch on the Cardinals right now? Well, you know, I've, I've always had a passion for Anna Wayne Wright and for Yadier Molina because they go back to my beginnings here in St. Louis back in 2004. 
Um, you know, Ozuna is a lot of fun because Ozuna has a little bit of that <laughs> Albert Pujols type of anticipation where you know he can knock it out, can knock yeah. it out a long distance. So let me sit here and watch this for a little bit. Well, and then, you know, something big or he strikes out. But, you know, that's sort of like the way it was at Albert. Yeah. Um, so that's that's about the guy on the plate that I like to watch. Defensively, Colton Wong. My gosh. Every know, night he's got something new. Something. Yeah. It, it's almost like a reverse anticipation of an Albert Pujols moment where you're going, hit the ball towards the second baseman. Yeah. I want to see what he can do yep. in this situation. Ozuna, you never know what he's going to do, but it's always going to be entertaining. And not always good. Because uh, he can look pretty bad up there when he strikes out, and he can look very bad in the field when he oh. when he gets turned around. Oh. You saw the play when he was up on Please. the wall and yeah, missed it by that much. <laughs> My God. Well, but I don't know if he lost the ball, if he thought that the ball was gonna, you know, all of a sudden get a little bit more wind and go near the wall. But you know, he was totally playing. I'm gonna get this at the top. Get this at the top. Makes his leap, and then oh man, it barely gets to the warning track. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then it got away from him. It's like, oh man. It's and then a, he, there was it's another comedy. One, there was another one later in the game that was kind of close that he probably could have robbed. He didn't even. <laughs> he didn't even get close to the fence. He didn't even want to touch that. I don't blame him. He, he was a little gun shy. Let's go back to this weekend. You mentioned Albert. Mm-hmm. You were there on Friday. Mm-hmm. Why was it important for you to be there on Friday? Well, first of all. Art Holiday gave me tickets, so that helped. <laughs> but, you know, it's been so long since I've seen Albert and been around Albert. And I, I didn't have the opportunity to go and say hi or anything like that because I was going more as a fan than as a media member. But knowing the greatness that he brought to that ball club, the excitement that he brought every single night, every single plate appearance, I had to see it again. I wanted to see if there's any shades of the old Albert. And you know what? There really is. Yeah. Even though you know he's not having a great season and hasn't had a great season in a long time, you still thought every time he came up, could he do it again? And I remember Friday night he gave one a ride. I went, oh, my goodness. His first step back. happened. How romantic is this? And then it's caught. Yeah. I go, but for that, for that twinge, it took you back to, like, 2011. It and it's all over again. He's yeah. wearing the Cardinal red. Um, I wasn't there Saturday when he knocked it out the house, but I think I've watched that home run now 100 times, it yeah. seems. Same. You know, it's you just you watch every little moment that takes place there. And I love what his wife said about how special it is, maybe the most special moment yeah. that they've witnessed during his career, which says a lot about a guy who's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, definitely. There but, were a lot of special. There were just too many special moments to count this week, and a lot that some people didn't see. Like, mm-hmm. I was just randomly walking down in, like, the corridor down there, and Chris Carpenter happens, oh, to, come, happens to come out of the Cardinal locker room at the same time that Pujols is walking out to leave mm-hmm. and they they're like oh my god man yeah. how are you yeah. and they just like shared a moment hugged and caught up for a little bit and he met with wainwright mm-hmm. uh his family i rode the elevator with them a couple times they're all you. just smiling You're from just ear to ear dropping left and right here i it was just a weird i was like the forrest gump of this week you know, i was you're like supposed every... to be a journalist you, you can't be all like <laughs> giddy about the whole thing but i think in this situation it's almost like being there for the blues when they won game seven it's okay to be that fan yeah. it's okay to be in the moment and enjoy it. And I've heard some people being critical of Cardinal Nation for cheering Albert Pujols. He's on the other team. Look what he did to you when he left and how heartbroken you were and all that. But I think time does heal all wounds. Yeah. And it's great to see that people show that appreciation because they had the best of Albert Pujols. And they got the best out of Albert Pujols yeah. when it came to the team winning championships. So you can't knock that. You shouldn't forget that. You really should appreciate it. I don't know if his legacy 
will end up would have ended up being the same if he would have stayed because if he was on the team now, he'd maybe I don't know if he'd be still be starting or not every day oh. with his injuries. He'd no, be, be people would be saying, Oh, why did they sign him for mm-hmm. this? They need to get rid of Albert. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was a good thing that he maybe left. Maybe there's and, no and, Yachty, maybe there's no Carpenter, yeah. maybe there's no Wainwright. You think about all the pieces that they've been able to acquire. Now, the team is making more money now, yeah. especially with Ballpark Village and everything else going up. So maybe they could afford a guy like that long term. But at that time, I remember uh, John Mazalak even saying that Albert, like St. Louis wasn't big enough for Albert. Not that Albert thought he was bigger than St. Louis. Is that there's so many more opportunities for a guy of, of that caliber when yeah. it came to endorsements and things like that, that a city like Los Angeles might be a better fit because there's just more things business-wise he'd be able to take advantage of. Yeah. You look at it now, I don't know if he ever did, but you go, yeah. Well, I know he took advantage of they're still going to pay him a million dollars a year for 10 years after he retired. That's I not like a bad, that. That's not a bad gig either. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the Blues. Mm-hmm. You've been here since 2004, mm-hmm. 2005, 2004. Mm-hmm. After seeing this franchise just break everybody's heart year after year, did you think 2019 was possible? Or were you on the were you like a cynical Blues fan like a lot of people were? Like I kind of became. It's just never going to happen. Well, it's, I don't even know if that's the way to put it. It was like reality. Reality is... We're going to always be competitive, but we're always going to come up short. So you just accept it. You don't get yourself built up. You don't get yeah. excited. You kind of go, okay. So when they lost game six here, I didn't feel like they were going to lose game seven. Neither did I. I didn't have the feeling like, oh, well, it was a fun ride. No, I went, oh, my God, they're going to win the cup. Yeah. How do you say that? I go, they're so much better after losing, and they're so much better on the road. They're going to win the cup. Yeah. And I remember sitting up there at Cam, and they took the 2-0 lead, and I – Walked over and I said, I know 2-0 leads aren't the best things in hockey, the worst leads you can have, but they're going to win the cup tonight. He's like, you think so? I go, yeah. He goes, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> then it was 3 nothing. I go, and I just looked over. I said, I told you it's happening right now. And then they got 4 to nothing. Went, okay, oh, yeah, they got this. Can breathe out. But when it got 4-1, I went, you know what? Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they get this fluke three goals, and next thing you know, it's tied. You go to overtime. But I felt the same way. Walking into game six, uh, I was like, it's just too good. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I, just, I just got a weird feeling like they're not going to do it here at home yeah. like it's supposed to go. It's going to be hard. I think I think for the players, you couldn't escape the platform, the level, whatever stage you want to call it that they were on. Because everywhere you went in, in St. Louis, turned on the radio, turned on the TV, friends talking, people in the market, they're all talking about game six, winning at home, yeah. parade. You know, They were already at the finish line, and you're going, we're still in the race. Yeah. And I think maybe I got into the player's head pressure-wise. Yeah. Like, we need to do this for the city. We've got so much on our shoulders right now that when they went up to Boston, all of that pressure shifted onto the Bruins' shoulders. Yeah. And I think the thing that the Bruins were counting on that they didn't get, they didn't get the penalties. No. There was only one penalty in Game 7, I'm pretty sure. For of game. Pareko. Flipped the puck out. Yeah. And that was the only one. And I think the Bruins felt like they were going to get these calls, go on power play, Same score thing. goals, put it away. They got frustrated in their own fight to try to win the cup because yep. it wasn't happening for them. So for about two or three months, the Blues were literally the only thing I think we covered mm-hmm. and the only thing anybody in this city mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. How important do you think this run was just for St. Louis a, as a community? You know, you've I'm, been here a while. I'll, I'll you know how real. sports. Yeah, I'll be real about things. Sports obviously brings people together. You know, we could be different religions, backgrounds, social economics, all that could be totally different. But you can all cheer for the same team. You can all wear blue or all wear red for the Cardinals. 
So I, I certainly believe it could be a bonding situation. But in reality, because I do the news now, I see so much of the other side of St. Louis, the violence, the shootings, the deaths, things like this. And I, I get depressed about that. But for that stretch run, for that magic, especially for the parade day, it was incredible to walk through the crowd of 300,000 people and see everybody together smiling, partying as one. Yeah. There wasn't a division. There wasn't, uh, you know, you, you don't belong in my neighborhood or, hey, let me rob you for what you got. I don't remember anything from that day being criminal. Yeah. I can't think of anybody being robbed, or at least it wasn't reported that there was any fights or anything like that down there. So when you see that, you, you start to think, we actually can be this city. We really can all get along. Yeah. But then once things break up, you got to go back to your own neighborhoods. You got to go back to your own place and you got to survive. Yeah. And that's where we get back to the violence and everything else that's taking place. So uh, is it good for the city? Yeah, it's great for the city. It's great for the city on a number of platforms, not just trying to bring people together, but it's great for the outside world to really experience St. Louis during that time period and see the fan base and see, you know, everything we got going on here besides just our sports teams, our theaters, our park, our zoo, our arch, all these places people can go and go, you know what? This place ain't half bad. Yeah. Maybe instead of flying over, I'll stop at Lambert Airport, get out and walk around for a little bit. I think the coolest, one of the coolest things was, I, I know for that parade, there were people that showed up and brought their kids mm-hmm. who probably never seen a hockey game mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. but everybody just wanted to be a part of the moment, and I think that was the coolest thing for me because it, it. Although you said you do have to go back to reality, and yeah. there's still terrible yeah. things that happen. For just one moment, at least, everybody could get on board in the same way. That's the beauty of sports. Yeah, that's why to me one of the greatest sporting events are the Olympics. Why? Because all these worlds come together and everybody's competing after training all these years for just this one event, this one moment in time. And it just gives me chills to think about some of the things that I was able to witness by going to the different Olympic Games, as well as some of the just regular basketball games that say Chaminade High School. And to see Jason Tatum as a 14-year-old and now go, this guy's in the NBA. Oh my goodness, I remember he was dunking on DeSmet. And now he's dunking on LeBron James. What is going on? But that's what sports does. It, it, the human body is able to elevate to a level where you go, only certain people can get there, but I can marvel at it. Yeah. Because not everybody's going to be able to dunk. But I would say almost everybody has a chance to become a millionaire if you put your mind to it and work hard and all that stuff. But there's something about athletics that just you marvel at it. You know. So I think we talked about this off camera after Game 7, I'm pretty sure. Um but you've been to Super Bowls, you've been to NBA Finals, mm-hmm. you, you've been to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Where does just being on the ice after Game 7 and <laughs> there for that moment, where does that rank in your career? You know what? I, I walked out there and I was like, can I really go out here? I can. <laughs> okay, I'm out here. My first thing was, where's the cup? Where's the cup? I wanted to get so close to be in the celebration. And then I, I actually kind of stood back a bit too. I said, well, it's their moment. Yeah. As much as I want to be a part of that moment is their moment. So I just kind of stood there and watched. And just watched grown men become little boys. Yeah. And cry and scream and laugh and hug and kiss and and parade around with that, that trophy. went, this is the greatest thing I've witnessed. Now, I've been there for, I've been to the Kentucky Derby. You, you name a major sporting event, I've kind of been to it at some time or another. 
you think about all the runs that the Cardinals have made, but for some reason, runs with the Cardinals, you kind of expected it. Yeah. They're supposed to. That's what they do. <laughs> but you never figured that this was going to happen for the Blues. And there was so much of a release from everybody involved. I got to rank that. The only thing that comes close that I've witnessed in person, I was in Pyeongchang when the U.S. women's hockey team beat Canada for the gold medal. Yeah. That was pretty emotional. Felt proud to be an American that day. It was wild to yeah. see other Olympians stand up and cheer and go nuts and cry and go, wow, we did it. To see these women skate around the ice with the flag and the national anthem play and the gold medals come out. Wow. Were you there when Phelps won his... Uh... No. No, you weren't so for I that was one? ill. Okay. I was ill. So I've missed a couple of Olympics. The last summer games I went to were in London. Okay. Um, but then I got sick, so I missed three in a row, and then I ended up going to Pyeongchang. Um, but again, I was there when Usain Bolt won the 100 meters in London. And you talk about incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> but you have no connection to Usain Bolt. Yeah. But I have a connection to the United States. And man, I have a huge connection to the Blues. Yeah. So my deals with the Blues, people used to give me a hard time all the time because I would go to almost every morning skate when they were in town just to, you know, shoot some video, talk to the guys, get some sound, run in the show. Are you at the Blues again? I go, yeah, because they're our team. And for some reason, I enjoyed the way they treated me. I I think they they're appreciated good guys. us being Hockey there. Hockey guys are, are just great the... guys. So yes, following them for two months, we asked them the same questions every, every day, day. And they ne- <laughs> they pretty much never like snapped back. Or I would no. have gotten a little no. like bored with it. And, but yeah. they just showed up every day, answered everything we had to ask them, and were just but they were on the ride the too. Way. They yeah. were on the ride too, so I think they were enjoying it. It's like, okay, if this is what I got to do for an hour, so be it. Let's do it. I marveled at the size of the media pack oh, inside the dressing room. I was like, oh my it's, goodness, it was nuts. <laughs> Claustrophobic to be in that room. No Especially way. on the in San Jose, the the visitors' locker room was so small, yeah. and they weren't bringing people out yet. So we all had to crowd in there, wow. and it was stinky. And it was yeah. Well, well you know how I've, it goes. I've been in yeah, a you know how it goes. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, last thing here, mm-hmm. who's your favorite guy when you were covering the Blues? Like the best talker, or or the guy you would always oh. go to for a soundbite. Who was your guy? David Backus. Yeah. David Backus was my guy because David Backus got it. And I think AP, Alex, the captain, gets it too. I don't. I tend to avoid his last name because no matter how you say it, you've said it wrong in somebody's <laughs> eyes. So I just call him the captain. Um, he gets it. And I, I have enjoyed him a lot because he's the same age as my son. So when he came to the Blues, it was the same time my son was going off to Wash U. And so they kind of, even though they never met each other, they were apart. It was like watching your own son grow up and yeah. mature. And to see him now, this grown man with children, Leading this team to a Stanley Cup, it, it, I felt like and when I saw him at the parade. He With goes, his triplets? He goes, I had to come down, I had to come down. So he <laughs> came off the fire truck, brought the trophy, and just stood there with me. We probably were there for three minutes or so. Yeah. Just kind of chatting and holding the trophy up with all the people. And I I probably felt like the proudest dad in the world, even though I have no relationship to the guy whatsoever, <laughs> because I just watched this kid grow up. And That's so cool. he's he's my favorite now, but before then... David Backus, because he got it. And then Barrett Jackman, too, because for yeah. some reason we bonded, and Ryan Reeves and I bonded. So the, those four guys have kind of been my guys. Cool. Randy, thanks for joining me on this Thank episode you. of the Sports Plus Podcast. We'll Hopefully be I didn't you. overtalk. No, you were great, Randy. Thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode next week.